Welcome on, thank you for tuning in to the Bad Hombres FC podcast, the podcast focusing all things pro soccer in the DMV across the United States. My name is Jose Maña, sports writer for the Sports Post, and joining me as always, Mario Maña from the Tiempo Latino. Mario, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I don't know what I just witnessed on television earlier, but I think I saw someone lay at the SmackDown in Orlando. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. We'll also talk about apparently a new beef brewing in NWSL, but we might as well just get into it. Uh, Christian Pulisic scored his first international hat trick, helping lead the United States on the brink of war of returning back to the World Cup finals with a 5-1 route of Panama today, which is Sunday evening. We just came off of watching the game not long ago where Pulisic converted two penalty kicks during a four-goal burst to lead the first half, which also saw which also saw uh, Pariola and Jesus Ferreira score as well. And then we saw the magical goal of his in the fifth with two brilliant touches, including a nutmeg to beat a pair of defenders to get the fifth goal. The United States are not 100% in, uh, but it is in the final four. However, a loss of six goals or more Wednesday night when they traveled to Costa Rica could cause the Americans to sit out of the top three automatic berths into the World Cup and instead go to a playoff. Mario, this game was fun to watch, to say the least. But go ahead. What were your immediate thoughts and reactions following the match? If you smell... I'm just kidding. Uh, This was the most dominant performance of the USMT in this entire qualifier. I was thinking to myself, damn, where was this Where was this Christian Pulisic throughout most of it? But it was a dominant performance. It was three points you needed to get to, I guess, get you one giant step closer to that World Cup qualification berth. But all in all, it was, yeah, it was the most dominant performance. There's not much to say other than the whole team clicked. The attacking-wise, they looked excellent. Christian Pulisic was finally that that difference maker that some people wanted him to be in certain games. Uh, and also, I just love the fact that Twitter was a little, uh, some sections of USMT's uh, Twitter was a little bit silent that Paul Joseph Oriola scored a goal. That's right, I used his full government. Paul Joseph Oriola scored a goal. I mean, I'm always stunned that all six foot three Panamanian defenders could not stop barely five foot four Paul Ariola from getting a header in. But I, I just think it was what we should have expected, to be honest with you. I felt that Panama, while its strength was its youth and the mix of its youth with its veteran core, deleting a lot of the older talent out of the team and bringing in more youth. Ultimately, the United States was just way better. If I, it did the sim, unlike the the last time these two played each other four years ago, five years ago at this point, um, in the qualifiers in Orlando, ironically enough, the United States went what we call in Spanish "hatu uh, with Panama. They said, "You got wingers, we got wingers," and what the U.S.'s wingers have is more technical skill and more ability to agitate the defense. And that's where Paul Riola and Shaq Moore, who came in as a last-minute replacement uh, for Reggie Cannon, um, Shaq Moore 
and Paul were dominant on the right-hand side. And really, really, they really outnumbered players defensively for Panama with two-on-one battles. Jesus Ferreira, when he had opportunities, he, took, he obviously took advantage of one thanks to Paul's assist. And Christian Pulisic acted like a leader. In the first half, they were just dominant, and they were took advantage of every opportunity they had. The first penalty kick, go ahead. Also, shout-out to Alibal Godoy for not liking USMT center backs in this game. Just not, not liking anybody in general, but yes. <laughs> he should have been recorded by the end of the game, but... <laughs> And I think the wild part to me was the first – both penalty kicks were pretty pretty blatant. Like, you should not be putting your hands or any part of your limbs in anybody's face in such a manner. You're going to get – you're going to be uh, – you're going to get that penalty called nine times out of ten. Well, look, he's he, – that's old school CONCACAF right there. Like, the thing is – that's what players would do traditionally in CONCACAF. They would grab at you. They would claw at you. They would do things. I literally saw in the Salvador game somebody get an elbow to the groin. And it was fine because the referee didn't want to review it in the, in the, in the VAR. We have VAR now. If you see something blatant as, I don't know, someone getting struck in the face and getting dragged to the ground like Godoy did today, that earned and cost the first penalty for Panama and the United States to get their first goal in the game, that's your fault. You think at the end of the day, the the dirty of CONCACAF will always be there because some referees are just never going to change. But with VAR, there's no excuse why you should play that way. And Panama doesn't usually play that way, but because the United States came thundering forward in, in a manner that I don't believe they expected, um, and to be honest, a lot of the fan base didn't expect either because, again, this is the same fan base that we were talking about two weeks ago and a week ago saying we should play our bench against Mexico. No, you don't even have enough players for a bench. You barely have – you have a starting A team and you have an A- minus team. That's what you have on your team. Be happy about that. What do you mean putting in our bench? That's why y'all – that is – the United States should have had a win in Mexico and they definitely earned the win here. This is why you don't put the bench in front of your rival. Why? So that you can go and get a result. And so here we are. They get a result against Panama. And guess what? A lot of their players are either rested, didn't play a full 90 here, didn't play a full 90 against Mexico, and they're going to go to Costa Rica really healthy and raring to go against a Costa Rica team that's untrustworthy. They shouldn't even be in this top four. They're just getting redu- getting just scraping by results. And I want to remind you as soccer fans, this shouldn't be you. You should be smarter than this. You should be able to embrace the fact that you're good. Instead, you continue to pretend you're mediocre. You're not mediocre, all we're right? Mediocre. We, we need to stop the trauma from four years ago. That was four years ago. That was Bruce Arena's fault that he didn't want to rotate good. Rotate squads for the last two games of that World Cup qualifier. Let the trauma go. We're in a new time. It's a much better time. Honestly, and my God, I didn't really think Shaq Moore could actually burn so many Panamanian defenders in one game. But he did. And also, if you're Panama, look at their left-hand side. Anthony Robinson's been burning defenders all qualifier long. You didn't learn your lesson today or something? 
Jesus, he was burning left, right, center. Hell, he centered the ball, and all five six, all five foot six of Paul Ariola reached the ball to score to score with a header. Yeah, he's five foot six, according to to his official stat sheet. But yeah, I don't I don't see why we come in with this doom and gloom. We're in, we're essentially in. And also, I watched the El Salvador Costa Rica game today. Not only is this team untrustworthy. Their back line is god-awful. Well, before we get to Costa Rica real quick, first we had the first penalty kick. If you didn't see the game or you live under a rock and you can't find YouTube, the first penalty kick went to VAR. He was clearly showing Godoy. Walker Zimmerman's face, that's what happened. Yeah, he first grabbed him by the jersey, then was preparing to drag him down and said, you know, I need that extra leverage. Grabbed his nostrils, grabbed his old cheekbone. Then after rubbing both of his nasty hands on uh, Walker Zimmerman's <laughs> face, he then uh, proceeded to go back to the shoulder and drag him down to the ground. You know what the funny part about that whole foul was? That was Nashville on Nashville violence. Yes, I can't wait till they see each other again. Um, <laughs> Walker Zimmerman is going to walk up to Adibo Godoy after, when they get back to Nashville next week and be like, dude, what the hell was that about? <laughs> <laughs> then the second goal, real quick, was uh, Polisic getting drilled, but the player, the, the referee saying play on, and Anthony Robinson were probably. He got drilled by former New York Red Bulls right back Michael Murillo, by the way. Well. This was MLS on MLS crime then because Anthony Robinson then put on the perfect cross. The perfect cross, which, again, you saw the El Salvador Costa Rica game. So did I. One thing that the crosses in that game didn't have that this cross had was specific direction. <laughs> this specifically was designed cross. He looked up. Anthony Robinson looked up, saw Pariola wide open on the run. Give him a nice cross. We all believe he's five foot six. I've stood next to Paul. That is impossible. But okay. Five foot five Pariola made a jump that only rivals Leo Messi as the shortest man I've ever seen get a header goal. And it, and I think it his is better just because of the height he got on it. He was a very good cross then. Um while I sound jokey, it's because I couldn't believe that Jesus Ferreira got a goal. I done spent the whole time in Columbus freezing to death because this man couldn't score a goal. And here he goes, thanks to Pariola once again doing the yeah, Lord's work, Jesus finding the open Jesus man. miracles on Sundays, that's for sure. He finds the open man, thanks to a buildup with Shaq Moore, Eunice Musa, and Ariola, And then Luca Del Torre finds Paul sitting there. Paul could have taken the shot. But he found a wide open Jesus Ferreira that was onside. If you look at the your top corner of your TV screen, you will see a defender was dragged out by Shaq Moore. Because that's the thing that I want everybody to understand. Teams like Panama and CONCACAF need to be agitated. You need a Pariola. You need a Shaq Moore that throws teams off balance because they don't stop running. They never stop running. You need agitators. This isn't like when you play the club game and you have some random Colombian that's like, oh, I've seen that guy before. Just be calm and steady. No, no, no. Keep running. Keep running at them. They're going to get annoyed at some point and lose focus. And what you have here, you keep 
you keep his for onside, and he's wide open. Gets the next goal, the next foul. I mean, you see that foul all the time. It doesn't get called, but essentially another drag down, elbow to the face. I think the elbow positioning is the reason why the referee called it. I mean, he cracked them in the head. <laughs> that, was, that was southeastern MLS on MLS violence right there. And then Christian Pulisic get his second. And the third one, as previously mentioned, uh, Pulisic gets a pass from, I believe it was De La Torre. I could be wrong. It, but was, it, a, was, it was a sequence with De La Torre passed the ball to Anthony Robinson. Anthony Robinson gives a short cross where Christian Pulisic brings it down. Nutmegs my fellow Panamanian defender and puts it in the back of the net. Well, there was the fir- turn where he then beats the one guy, then he nutmegs the other guy, and it, it's just a, it's first off the thing we should have seen from Christian Pulisic a long time ago. I think he's he loves the confidence. He he loves to have confidence in these games, but I also think too, Panama was just defeated at that point. They they came into this game after learning the Costa Rican result that all they need to do is win in their end. And knowing that they needed that and the United States smacks you in the face four times in the first half, that's got to be deflating. And then that basically have that is first 10 minutes. Panama was actually going at it. They created some opportunities. It just so happens that Anibal Godoy, I guess, didn't want to go to the World Cup and decided to smack his uh, fellow teammate in the face. And it went downhill from there. It goes back to what I said, though. It's old school CONCACAF versus VAR. You can't do that when you have cameras around. Like you, you're not going to be getting away with these physicality calls. Those kinds of fouls in 1997, Concacaf. You're not getting away with it here. You hell, you can find away with these fouls at the first part of this octagonal. You weren't getting away with this one since they reinstated VAR. And these last two games, including the Mexico draw, I feel like the United States got. Got a lot out of both of these games, but I think that they showed their offensive dominance in both games. You know, even though they didn't score, you clearly saw that the U.S. was more of a heavy press, heavy, strong attacking team. They pressed high. Yes, should they have scored those two goals, the one from Pulisic and then the one that was ultimately going to to P-Folk when really it was Gio Reyna being lazy and not taking the shot. Like you, what is about that play now that you look at the highlight? Is he catches Jordan P-Folk being stride? There is no way in hell he's going to get a clean shot at goal. You're right. He should have taken the shot. <laughs> put Zidane there. Put Zlatan Ibrahimovic there. Put, hell, put, put one of his contemporaries like Michael... Um, Michael Bradley, or put Josie Altador, or heck, Brian McBride, they all say take the shot. Like, there's just nothing about that that should have been a pass heavy thing. And I think that's the only fear I have moving forward to this Costa Rica game. Um, my only fear is that the United States is going to get these opportunities again and they don't take advantage. So if there's one thing Costa Rica does, is if you keep it living and breathing, they will find, as El Salvador learned, they'll find a way to get the result. They'll find a way to either defend hard a 1-0 lead or go find that random goal to take over the game. So 
that's the only flaw I see in the U.S.'s game. There are times where they're too passive. There are times where they want to create the perfect shot. Sometimes it's not about being perfect. Sometimes it's just about knocking the goals in the net. And they need to get to that that aspect of their game and just start knocking goals in like they did today. Um, it felt like today was a, another sign of growth, but it's also a warning. Like you got to com- finish your chances. Like they weren't able to do that in Mexico. They weren't able to do that here. They need a repeat performance of tonight against Costa Rica to just send a straight message to CONCACAF saying we're back and we're bad as ever because that's what they need to do. People are still not sure about this U.S. team because of its youth. Send a clear message. This is how you're going to take out uh, Costa Rica, in my view. Right. I think one of the play, also one of these players I want to highlight, uh, I just, not not just these last two games, but throughout the entire qualifier, is just Yunus Musa. I have thir- thoroughly, he has impressed me throughout this whole qualifier, but he's especially pre- impressed me in these last two games by just the way he's able to to press uh, going up top. He's able to give defender fits and then create opportunities for other players to set themselves up a little bit for success, if you will. And he's been very key in these last two games, if not for most of the qualifier in setting up goals. But I do agree with you. You got to set a precedent. You've never won in Costa Rica before. This team isn't afraid to play anywhere, anywhere else. They demonstrated it on Thursday in Mexico city they were not afraid of playing in that in Estadio Azteca. Man, go out with that same fearlessness and get a result that gets you into the World Cup and sends a message going in saying, "You were, we may be young, but we are a team not to be trifled with. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I agree with you there. I, I You know, I... I that's again my only concern is defensively not being lapsed um and also not giving up when you have chances take them because i i think we saw a lot in the Salvador game that the back three of costa rica is a concern um and again that could have been rotation what have you but that is a glaring hole, and they it's, leave a it's lot. A glaring hole because two of your center backs are Francisco Calvo from the Chicago Fire and Kendall Waston, who are two of your more experienced center backs. They shouldn't be having these kinds of issues that they had today against El Salvador. But I do think when you saw, and this is where the U.S.'s strength comes into play, when speed becomes a factor, Costa Rica is just not that fast, and. So when you see the United States basically run circles over a Panama team that's traditionally not just fast but very physical, um, it, it it that's where my confidence goes up a little bit because you showed you could play speed too, and I think that against a more veteran Costa Rican side using that speed, and and one has to not just give Paul credit. I think Shaq Moore, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, Shaq Moore really. For a guy that wasn't included in the original 28-man roster, has really taken in the position of manning the deck and solidifying that spot now. Will he play any minutes in Costa Rica? We'll see. I mean, kind of. he played a full 90 today, so I don't know what his body's going to be feeling like uh, after a plane ride to Costa Rica. 
Um, but I do think just in case, you know, DeAndre Allen has shown time and time again that he is a really good and capable CONCACAF defender and can mark people out. I love this performance against Mexico. I thought he was probably one of the more standout performers and just neutralizing uh, Mexico's attack and keeping the offside line high. Um, and Walker Zimmerman, I mean, geez, man, dude looks like Thor out there, but he really is performing like a megastar. And he he is the anchor of that defense. I didn't even think he would be the anchor of this defense, but he's really showing himself uh, limiting attacks. The goal that Panama ultimately scored was off him, but at the same time, I don't blame him too much for that. He, he did lose his man, but he needs to, you know, he, that was the one flaw of today's game was him losing his man in that and one section. Enough, his man was unable. Good away. Yeah, so I do think the U.S. is in a stronger position. They shouldn't be going to a playoff. Uh, I do, again, People don't believe when I tell y'all this, and I, I hope that U.S. soccer fans paid attention to that Salvador game for the fact of looking at Costa Rica, seeing their blind spots on offense, seeing that they lack that speed and that intensity, and seeing that they lack that – not that they have center, that center back experience per se. They lack just that energy to lock you down. If you have a team full of speed guys, like you're going to kill that center back – pairing the center back back three really quick the question will be how do you beat the best keeper in the region in Keller Navas but I think the United States has enough players with that technical touch as well as that get at them attitude with the speed and the finesse that I think they'll get Kaler's number this time around as well in Costa Rica right and I think well I think one of the other things going into it if you're if you're the U.S., you want to man mark somebody, and this is something you learned today in the El Salvador game, and possibly for most of the qualifiers in your Costa Rica. Once you man mark Joel Campbell, who's arguably been Costa Rica's best player in this qualifier, once you man mark Joel Campbell, their offense is kind of useless because Joel Campbell is that center of creation. He's that creative player. Once you get him, once you block him, and you do a specialized man marking on him, you're forcing Costa Rica to try to find other offensive outlets, and it just doesn't seem like they can get it done. And especially with your second back, your second choice of someone that's going to be rely that you're going to rely on offensively is Celso Borges, another guy that's been at it for a really long time. And once you mark him out, you kind of you kind of kill Costa Rica's offensive power offensive power there and so it's good it's going to be something to consider but yeah Kaylor Navas is going to be the one guy you're going to try to beat because arguably Kaylor Navas has been Costa Rica's best player throughout this whole qualifier and so given the circumstances given that you're going to be playing at a place like San Jose where the U.S. hasn't even gotten a point at all I think the last time they got a point was like 40 something years ago if I'm not mistaken I'm trying to blank there. You're gonna go in it that you're you gotta go into the fact that you're not play, you're playing a reduced Costa Rica team, but you're also thinking you're going into a place that you've never won before, and where the fans are gonna be a kind of like a factor going into it. G- given given what's said there, there is a good possibility that they get the result that you need 
to avoid playing an international playoff. And you have this other thing that you have an advantage over Costa Rica is goal differential. Costa Rica has to beat you by six to send you to an international playoff against New Zealand or the Solomon Islands. It's easier said than done, but, you know, it is doable. Yeah, just to bring some clarity of that, the United States has 25 points and Costa Rica has 22 points. The United States, the first tiebreaker would be, let's say, if Costa Rica were to win, they both be tied at 25. The first tiebreaker is goal differential. The United States are plus 13 right now to Costa Rica's plus three. And the U.S. has the second tiebreaker with most goals, which is 21 to 11. So Costa Rica would, you know, if they could, they have to essentially win decisively with a large score margin. Um, at the minimum, it looks like at the minimum six, seven, five, six, zero to then get the numbers down because then the goal differential will change in numbers. But I just, I trust the U.S.'s defense a little better. I, if there's one other concern that needs to be brought up, I thought Zach Steffen was a little off today, um, especially early in the game. He, he was indecisive in certain crosses, almost injured his hand. Um, as the game went on, he kind of got more confidence in. I thought he could have done better with the header um, that scored the goal for Panama. I thought that, you know, he didn't help with creating that wall and create, making sure all the men are marked. But um, I really, I really do think the U.S. needs to figure out this goalkeeper situation. Um, if He's the man. He's going to start the next game, but he needs to be more concise. And this is what I've been. I want a shot stopper, not a ball walker as my goalkeeper. All right. I need a guy that's going to stop shots. And if you can't even catch a cross, I'm very I'm going to be concerned. So I want Zach Stefan to shut me up next game and show us why he's being considered as this new goalkeeping elite for the U.S. national team because he's playing for Man City. Right. I mean, if your goalkeeper's looking shaky out there, I would have some questions too. And especially considering that you got Sean Johnson waiting in the wings to possibly to get an opportunity to play in one of these games. I would want to uh, – also, Ethan Horvath is, is your other backup goalkeeper for this qualifying cycle. I, too, would be like, maybe I should be on my P's and Q's. And there's also a little bit of an over-reliance on the center-back pairing of Walker Zimmerman and Miles Robinson, who, quite frankly, that's going to be your starting center-back center back pairing going forward, to be honest with you. I think, I think both of them have solidified their spots, especially Walker Zimmerman, the way he's been playing throughout this qualifier. I think Miles Robinson also earned his, his spot pretty much by playing gangbusters throughout this qualifier. But the goalkeeping situation is something that you should be a little bit more concerned about. Yeah, granted, we tend to make fun of Costa Rica because they're all old now. But they could still be effective when they want to be. So, you know, you got to be careful with that. You got to work on those kinks. Demonstrate why you're the number one goalkeeper choice. Or you've been the number one goalkeeping choice throughout this throughout this process with Greg Berhalter. That's all I got to say with Zach Steffen. 
Yeah, most definitely. And then we'll move on. Um, like we said earlier, though, any a U.S. win or tie gets them in as the top three automatics. I, if we take a loss, it will go down a goal differential. And even then, it has to be the most decisive loss for the U.S. to get out of the top three. Um, nothing's definitive yet. That's why we can't say they're qualified. There was a point in the post-game um, – <laughs> In the post game, I don't know if you saw it, Mario, but they gave them banners to say thank you to the fans. And there was one banner that they accidentally handed to the players that said qualified. And then quickly <laughs> you saw this U.S. soccer intern running to chase these players to get that qualified. They're technically qualified, but not 100% in there yet. Yeah, so no, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't hatch your eggs a little too early there, U.S. soccer. You're, you're not there yet. No. Uh, speaking of teams that are qualified, shout out to Canada. They yeah. punched the ticket to the World Cup. In emphatic fashion. I appreciate that you're going to stamp it. You're going to stamp it. You're going to stamp it right. Al beating Jamaica in a 4-0 drubbing. Um, Afonso Davies. Yeah, beautiful goals. Afonso Davies watching from home via in, because of injury. Very emotional. The video is going around social well-deserved. Canada has been the best team in CONCACAF all octagonal long. Well-deserved. Well right. Also, 36 years of waiting to get to a World Cup. Yeah, that, that's a long time coming. Yeah. Uh, what's also been a long time coming is beef, and that's what we have with, we're going on right now in the NWSL. First off, the soccer particulars. The Washington Spirit hosted its first game of the 20. 20- 22 calendar year where they earned a 1-1 draw going down to 10 men, 10 women going down to 10 and earning a 1-1 draw against New York, New Jersey, Gotham. That's thanks in part to an Ashley Hatch Golazo um, in the 61st minute to tie the game. Um, But you know why you're here. You don't want us talking about the game. Well, I don't mind talking about the game. You know, one thing that was perfectly clear is that the Spirit are going to play no long balls going forward, uh, according to the coaches um, on the post-game press conference. And Ashley Hatch has become a better player since her time at the U.S. Men, uh, US Women's National Team. All right, there you go. That's all you need to know. <laughs> you also, know this game here. was Segra. That's what we're getting to. See, coming into this game... Gotham FC tweeted out too soon question mark and they showed a picture Sorry, of spirit that tweeted out tweeted that no, out no 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 let I am here to give y'all the full timeline before the game Gotham tweeted out too soon at Washington Spirit we had a picture of and Mario prepared to correct me of Kumi Yokihama he put a picture out of her on the tweets saying at Washington Spirit too soon. And in reference to the fact that they just traded her to to uh, traded him to the Washington from the Washington Spirit to uh, Scott, to Gotham. Fast forward to the game. Around the 59th minute. 
you get a moment where Ashley Sanchez, our resident baller, just spun the G, the holy hell out of Allie Krieger to the ground, making her hit the ground in an awkward fashion, which was funny. And then what everybody seems to also forget, it led to an opportunity where she smacked the ball off of Ashlyn, Harris, Ashlyn Harris's face. Like, smacked the ball in her face to the point where Harris hit the ground. Medics needed to come out. I saw an MMA fight. Wasn't expecting a knockout. Well, there I was, getting a front row seat to a whack in the face. The spirit the next day said, hey, Gotham, too soon, and played a gift of Allie Krieger falling on her ass, which then proceeds to tweets that I can't believe I ever thought I'd have to read. Quote from Ashton Harris, get us a professional field, then we can talk. Until then, take your amateur shit back to the high school field. Thus, this now turns into explicit. Uh, then it earned a response from Trinity Rodman of the Washington Spirit saying, quote, I didn't, oh, see it's Trinity Rodman's music. <laughs> I didn't see anyone else falling like that. You can you can accept her ankles got broken. <laughs> that led to Ashton Harris saying, oh, my bad. One can't bend and she's feeling confident, honey. Allie Krieger randomly just... Uh, responded, I'm dead. She said high school, and of course I fell. That shit hurt. Uh, that shit surfaced. Then Gotham responded finally, not you making a DVD about a draw. Go get brunch, bro. It's a Saturday. <laughs> that it also led to other tweets and stuff and a mess and a massacre. Can we start with the following? Ashlyn Harris, you played at the soccer plex. You need to relax. Also, weren't you... Weren't you the eternal backup to Hope Solo? I'm going to get to that. Uh, one th- uh, with Emily Sonnet also laughing. One thing I have to say historically, Miss Ashton Harris, I- let's start here. One, Ashton Harris, I need to remind you that three years ago, three years ago, you were playing at said professional soccer field. Uh, at Audi Field and got burned by Alyssa Thomas <laughs> and, and 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 you let in a goal a la Jaime Moreno style <laughs> who you got, just burned got burned by Johnny Walker but at this point you just got burned Ashlyn Harris so uh, crab field to the side no one disagrees about the crab field I'm mad everybody's forgetting that she got knocked out. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, look, Ashlyn Harris is mad that her old lady got her ankles took it. So I just want to say a moment of silence for uh, Allie Krieger's ankles. They were taken far too soon, far too soon by Ashley Sanchez. Ashley Sanchez gave her the skip to the loo, my darling. The dearly departed ankles gave her the three-piece with some fries and a biscuit and a soda. Gave her the whole goddamn meal. Gave her the works, if you will. And put her on her ass while she was skating. Looking like Bambi out there trying to learn how to walk. And then she knocked out Ashlyn Harris. Yo, Loudoun County's look, Loudoun County Sheriff's Department is looking for Ashley Sanchez right now. Because she committed a, a murder 
and attempted murder all in the same day, all in the same damn minute. It is amazing. And you're just in your feelings over there like, get a professional field. Yo, maybe we wouldn't bring back the time that you were on a professional field and decided to do your best invitation to Johnny Walker, who also played for the New York Red Bulls. Don't you forget that. New York team, stay down. Well, I was going to bring this up. I, a lot of people say this is going to turn into a rivalry. They can't wait for the next match in the Challenge Cup now that the Spirit has yes, two points. Trinity Wadman taking Ali Krieger's ankles next. Uh, well, I'm, I mean, right now, um, they play again April 17th at a, quote, professional soccer stadium at Red Bull Arena. And then they play two more times in the regular season, uh, both of them at, quote, regular professional soccer arenas. I just like the spiciness for the fact that I want more people to watch the NWSL because it's really good soccer. It's probably the best women's soccer in the world. It's the best women's soccer players on the planet playing against each other, arguably the best women's soccer players on the planet playing against each other. But I also think that too many times we want rivalries, we make them up. Like, we're part of MLS fandom, and I hate when we come up with rivalries. Like, if you have natural beef with each other, let's have at it, you know? And and I want it to be, obviously, want it friendly. I don't want, you know, Trey Rodman losing her spot on the national team. There was one player from New York who was trying to say, or New York, New Jersey, they haven't made up your mind yet on what they want to be. Um, they y'all have, they, Jersey, y'all should stick to the Jersey part. I mean, I respect. They want to do both. This respect, respect. I ain't gonna go there. I will say though, that one player that was there was a player out there who was tweeting out that well, she could have been seriously hurt. Look. Honey, I played on crappier turf fields. I've seen but worse turf fields. That is one of the worst. But she was fine. Like she got ankle driven. She she shouldn't have turned. She shouldn't have left her legs open like that. It was an easy turn. Because she got dropped. Well, oh, I- so you guys were teammates on the national side and like you should have seen this coming. Like I, I I have very little excuse when you know the person and then they get you and, and then you mad about it. And Ashley Krieger is not mad about it if you read them tweets. Ashley Harris out here trying to defend her her partner, which is I respect. Her, her woman. I, I respect. But at the same time, yo, man, why, why, why kill Segra? We do that on a daily basis. That's all material. You can't right. see my jokes. Why are you <laughs> trying to jump in on making fun of a place that still doesn't have indoor plumbing? That doesn't have a roof. That barely has catering. Like <laughs> This place is in bumfuck middle of nowhere. Pardon my French. <laughs> it's, it's, we know, baby. We know. Ashton, baby. Save a shot. But not with your face. So I welcome this hateration and this dancery. I saw the Red Bulls trying to get in it. Of course they did, because they need all the attention they can get. Because Norm knows that team doesn't bring any. Um, There's only like 15 people that go to Red Bulls games, the Red Bull Arena. I think I saw more people going to a Gotham game than a Red Bulls game. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I want everybody to know I am down for this to be a rivalry. I hope that it's not super nasty, at least as negative it can be. I hope the fans are actually, I respect that there were New York fans there and that they were very respectful. It's weird having away fans that are respectful. Um, I like that. I, I wish we keep it that way, but let's keep the hatred on the field. I, I, I don't want this to boil over into something extreme. Uh, like we had in old school MLS or or other leagues, but I do like this rivalry stuff. I can take this. I love this. And if this means that the next Ashton, I'm expecting next level crap next time. Like I'm expecting like Ashton Harris to bring up like oh, like memes about like the soccerplex or. <laughs> Or them roasting the jersey. Like, I, I want them to go hard, but not go too hard to the point where we're we about to start some fights. But I do like this. I love I, I love rivalries. I went to the University of Maryland. Everybody's celebrating Duke, not me. All right? <laughs> Jose's like, I'm wishing for the downfall of Coach K. And In the finals. <laughs> I keep the fans. No, 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 no. That's the that's the final four. I said the finals. Like oh. right here, right here. I want them to fight each other. The spirit in New York Gotham, and I hope that the spirit has to beat the Gotham on their route to another championship. Like that's what I want. DC United fans, you know what I'm talking about. You, you know, Nick DeLeon. You know, y'all y'all remember? That's the kind of hateration I want, <laughs> and vice versa. I, I don't mind. I want I mean, rivalries yeah, that are you natural, know, not just because you're in the same state. Yeah, also, like, honestly, the last time Nick DeLeon scored against the New York Red Bulls in 2012, I kind of rubbed it in in a uh, classmate's face. They were a Red Bulls fan. They were disappointed. Uh, I was like, here, take this L. Continue so you're take- the guy I'm trying to make sure to avoid this from. Is essentially yeah, ki- kind of, kind of. <laughs> but giving, giving how, how this chippiness has started on Twitter, I'm here for it. Uh, I'm also with you. I don't want it to escalate to something violent. That's not fun. But, you know, keep, keep the hateration on the field. Keep that same energy, Ashlyn Harris. And, um, yeah, this was great. This was great. I never thought I'd see Ashley Sanchez – Give someone the uh, the business. Uh, give her the ankle twist. Gave Allie Krieger the ankle twister. Gave her, cracked her legs all at the same time. Gave her ghost ankles because I saw the spirit of her ankles just float away. You know, a la Bone Thugs Harmonies. They started saying, see you in the crossroads, crossroads, crossroads. And then when she got, when, Ali, when Ashlyn Harris got hit in the face, her, her spirit of her face was going, so you won't be lonely. I will say this. This is a this has been coming. It just hasn't been a profile enough. Like I remember last season, almost every other game, Ashley Sanchez was taking someone out. It was like a competition between her and Andy Nahara on who can get the most ankles by the end of the season. And it's not fair because Andy had more games to play. But there was just so many so times. Was taken last season at Audi Field between Ashley Sanchez and Andy Nahar. I was just like, yo, y'all in a competition I didn't know about? I'm here for it. But stop exactly. taking people's exactly. so, ankles. They need them eventually. 
So this was coming. It just was never someone as high profile as Allie Krieger. Also, ironically enough, uh, a Virginia native. And it also didn't have someone's partner in response, which is, again, I'm not trying to say I want violence. But if you don't defend your your partner, I respect it. But we got to say. You won't be lonely. But we got to say. And though you're Twitter, thank you for the laughs. But reminder, Ashton Harris took one in the face. And that was one knockout I never expected to see ever in my life. I know, I've been there for boxing fights, street fights, wrestling matches, pro wrestling matches. I had never seen someone take a knockout like that. That was funny. And I had front row for this. So it was just this. I paid zero. I paid freedom dollars. All right, pay free fee dumb dollars. I got to see a knockout, and I always enjoy that. It was cold. It is nasty. Let me tell you, if there's someone who agrees with everybody, I have yet to see nobody come to Segrafield's defense, and I appreciate that. I appreciate all of y'all coming in with your with your hate and sentiment. If I ever hear anybody come to Segrafield's defense, I'm gonna be like, um, sir, madam. It. You want you want to you want to go mentally evaluate yourself and think about the repercussions of defending a place that doesn't have indoor plumbing as of yet, has no roof, and I gotta travel a uh, one thousand one miles to get to to the middle of Loudoun County, meaning I gotta pay the dullest toll road, the other toll road that leads you to Leesburg. Defend you're defending a place in Leesburg that's in bum middle of nowhere. Come on now. All better than this. But yeah, I'll leave with this on Segra. My only issue with Segra that I'll agree with them. Get a better scoreboard. True. Don't steal that from my local DCPS school trying to keep track of the DC scores. Oh, All right. Come, come on now. They're stealing that from a Loudoun County High School. What are you talking about? No, I've been to Loudoun County High Schools. That thing is a one eighth of a Allen County High School scoreboard. You can't you can't tell me otherwise. So, so that's all I'm gonna say for that. High school, they stole it from PG County High School. So I'll leave it there. I appreciate all the talk, talk, crazy talk by Endo Yourself fans and and y'all bought material. Y'all were adding material. I appreciate that. That's why I, I want to see like, a rewrite. Material coming from. I love it. <laughs> so I appreciate it, you know. When when it's a week like this where I don't want to always talk about a drubbing because I always feel bad for the team that gets the butt whipping, Panama. Uh, it was good to have violence occur, and it was fun violence. So I appreciate it, and that's enough for us here on the Battle on Braves FC podcast. So before we let you go, Mario, tell the people where they can learn more about you. All right. If you want to see what I'm working on or you just want to see tweets about me saying Christian Pulisic never attempt to do the worm ever again in your life, you can follow me on Twitter at Mario Amaya one If you want to see what, if you wanted to know what's going on in the DMV or the world around you, you can follow El Tiempo Latino at El Tiempo Latino on Twitter. You can go on their website, eltiempolatino.com. And if you just want to put more money in my pocket to go see Ashland Harris versus Ashley Sanchez too, or Trinity Rodman versus Ashland Harris, you can go get yourself a hard copy of El Tiempo Latino at your newsstand or your local metro station today.
As a former dancer, I gotta say, bro, you know when you can't do it. Just don't do it. You can barely do it. Pretty. <laughs> yeah, stick to. Look, man, I never tried the worm. Why? Cause I knew I wasn't gonna finish. <laughs> All right, it was... you're gonna be stuck in W O. He spe- He went to. D- he attempted to spell W O R M. He just only spelled out. W O R. That's it. Uh, we wouldn't even get past W for me, and I'm surprised you're giving him the O. Like, no, <laughs> he didn't finish. That ain't a worm. That's a what? For me, that's a why. Don't do that again. Don't do that again. Let, let me just finish this. Follow me on Twitter at Jose underscore Wada. Manya from all content. Shout out as always for Kevin McLeod and Infotech for the intro music. Remember, spray and subscribe as always on Anchor, Spotify, and all your audio platforms. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Battle on Race FC podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Adios.